Imperium. Feeling apprehensive, Marnock walked towards the unit's remaining titans. In the shadow of the ravaged buildings, the giant war machines were lined up like guardsmen on parade. There was a beaten air about them, which not even the warp runners' centuries of tradition could counter. The warlords were shabby and dirty, covered in the fine grey dust that rose from the plains of Talan during the long dry summer. He looked up and saw several of the Adeptus Mechanicus standing on a maintenance tower besides the battered old spirit of victory. They were doing the final spot welds that would reattach its damaged left arm. One turned to look down at him as he passed. The blank glass eyes of its mask seemed to gaze at him indifferently. He waved jauntily to the tech priest, but he had returned to contemplating the mysteries of the machine. Beneath the waiting ranks of titans, the crew slumped atop their bedrolls and equipment packs. Some were rolling dice, some were sprawled out asleep. The distant thumping of mole mortars caused sweat to run down Marnock's back. But it concerned the crews as little as the great clouds of flies. They ignored both. Looking at these shabby, unkempt men, with their cold eyes and hard-bitten faces... Marnock felt conspicuous and out of place. His new dress uniform and clean-shaven features marked him as a newcomer among those who had fought the long, losing summer campaign against the rebels. He heard someone snigger and mutter something about boys fresh in from command school. Someone made a crack about nobles of high birth and how it was a bad sign when a heaven-born princeling was sent to the front. It showed how bad things really were. Marnock felt his face flush, and he turned to confront the men. All he saw was carefully blind faces. Marnock rubbed the printed circuit pattern cast tattoos on his cheek, then walked on. Behind him, he could hear quiet laughter. He stepped aside into an arched doorway as a full company of space wolves jogged by at the double, bolters held close to their armoured chests, thin, Fanatic faces, for once not covered by their sinister helmets. Of all those at Castra Septus, only the Adeptus Astartes seemed oblivious to the possibility of defeat. The image of blank-faced military precision was somewhat dented when the last one to pass winked at him. The new princeps made his way to the feet of the Fortunata Imperiatrix, his first command. As he approached, he could see the... Moderate, scrambling to their feet and standing to attention. He looked up. High on the carapace were the half-visible remains of previous commander's logos etched into the armour. A crewman was painting on Marnock's own family emblem of a silver robotic fist. Marnock knew that if he survived long enough, then his symbol would be etched onto the Titan by the Adeptus Mechanicus. First, though, he would have to prove himself. The man who had been painting abseiled down the side of the machine. Marnock saw the wires of his safety harness pull taut as he made the hair-raising descent. The painter unclipped himself and jogged over. He halted in front of the new princeps and gave Marnock the warp runner's clenched fist salute. First moderate toll, princeps. Fortunata Imperiatrix, he said. These are Hazen and Warden. Fist and plasma, respectively. 
Marnock returned the salute and introduced himself. He studied his crew carefully. They were all of a type, gaunt, wasted-looking men, with pale faces and tired eyes. Marnock guessed that they spent too much time linked to the Fortunata to get much exercise or sun. He noticed that they wore black armbands over their patched sleeves. They were in mourning. I understand Princeps Sibelman was killed by a rebel sniper. I am sorry, said Marnock. Father, Princep Sibelman, said he, always wished to die in battle, sir. We are grieved that he was killed dishonourably. Marnock could see that it went deeper than that. These men were lost without their leader. It was not surprising. Titan crews were notoriously close-knit, more so even than families. The ties that bound them were forged in battle and stronger than adamantium. Marnock fought back to his childhood and adolescence in the Clone Academy in the over-city of the Forge World. He remembered the discipline and suspicion and the sense of apartness. He realised that, in a way, he envied these men. "'What's the word from on top, Princeps?' asked Hassan, a short, humorous-looking character with born-to-smash stencil beneath his crew insignia. "'We stomping out today?' "'Looks like a big rebel push across zones green, blue and grey. "'They're fighting in blue right now.' "'Tall, feral warden whistled. "'A long, descending note. "'Looks bad. "'They could push us back to the dust sea.' If we lose the spaceport, we'll never be relieved, even if the fleet smashes the rebel blockade. We'll have to just see that that doesn't happen, won't we? said Marnock. He had intended to sound encouraging, but when he saw the contemptuous looks that the moderati gave him, he wished he had just kept his mouth shut. Suddenly the klaxons blared. Marnock and the moderati stared at each other for a moment. Then Toll turned and pulled himself up the ladder. The others followed him swiftly, leaving Marnock standing dazed at the Titan's feet. He turned and saw that the crews of the other Titans were boarding as swiftly as possible. Men vaulted from the carapaces down the hatches, then slammed them closed. He could already hear the low hum of reactors warming up. Toll stuck his head back out of the access port. Time to get aboard, Princeps. We got to move out. The rebels are coming. Marnock lowered himself into the command chair of the Titan. He plugged the cyberlink cables into his neck sockets, then reached forward, mustering the words of the Litany of Awakening. He threw the great trip switches that would activate the Titan. Your heart is fire. Let it burn with the rage for the Emperor's enemies, he said. The lights blazed brighter, and over the link he felt the Titan rouse itself from dormancy, like a great beast awakening. Your limbs are mighty. Let them smite the foes of our emperor. He ordered the weapons into test mode. The limbs stretched. There was a great creaking as joints strained to move the guns into place. From the moderati's cabins below, he could hear Toll and the others begin the gunners' chant as they interfaced with their weaponry. Targeting icons were superimposed on his field of vision. He knew that where he could see the head of the Imperial Eagle, there he could direct the Firefall. He wondered briefly whether the rebels had replaced the symbol with the Eye of Horus. The spirit of your fallen are your honour. Let us be worthy of them. He reached out and 
touch the sacred relics left by the previous princeps. First, the millennia-old copy of the Liber Belligerum, left by Cask, the first princeps. Next, the silver hammer, bought from the forge world by Talon, the ace of a hundred kills. With each relic he touched, he fell deeper into the command trance. Finally, as he touched the bullet-holed skull of Silberman, he felt the true presence of the Fortuna Imperiatrix. He was a tiny thing, dwarfed in the shadow of an entity that had lived a thousand years, that had seen scores of princeps come and go. He was a mote of light, drifting before a vast, dark shadow. The Titan was awake and aware. He sensed its fierce mind begin to look around for an enemy. He felt it flex its claws as it brought its weapons up to full power. He was aware that the reactor blazed a fiery life. Involuntarily, the void shields cut in. His heart was full of the lust to do violence. The ferocity of the Titan infected him. The ghostly memories of a thousand battles flickered through his mind, augmenting the desire to rend and destroy. He was a particle of rage, being drawn down into the fierce heart of the Titan. He was being absorbed. Somewhere in the vast distance he heard a voice. Princeps, you must master it, otherwise we will run wild. Princeps, master yourself. Vaguely, he recognised the voice as Tolls. He was shocked back to self-awareness. He wanted to reach out and hit the emergency cutoffs, but he realised he must show the Titan who was master. He dropped back into the link. He concentrated his mind as he had been taught and ordered the Titan to power down the weapons. He had been trained to do this, but the teaching machines had not prepared him for the strength of a battle Titan. He had to focus every fibre of his being, every spark of what he was, as he strove for sovereignty over the Fortunata. Sweat ran down his brow, his teeth ground against each other. He felt as if he could never win the unequal struggle. For what seemed like eons, he was locked in a battle of wills with the Titan. He strove to remain firm, to resist the urge to give up and let it have its way. Eventually he sensed the weapons power down, but he knew that the Titan was not giving up, merely calling a temporary truce. This was simply a first encounter, a gauging of strength. When he opened his eyes, he was surprised to see that only a few seconds had passed. The marines were still forming up in squads and clambering aboard their rhinos. A fleet of jet bikes had just taken off and was arcing skyward towards the north. Over the shattered roof of a tumble-down building, he saw a line of predators roar off into the distance. A warhound stalked forwards, weapons raised to attack position. The spirit of imperial victory swung out to follow it, banners fluttering. Marnock ordered the Fortunata to take its place in the line. Painfully slowly, the Titan obeyed. Perimeter secured, he heard the marine commander report over the comnet. Marnock ordered the Titan to stop. It did so reluctantly. Rebels will be here soon, said Hassan. Bring them on, said Warden. We have a score to settle with them for Father Sibelman. They settled into a tense silence, while the red clouds boiled overhead, revealing the yellow sky. Marnock watched 
Couriers on motorbikes race between positions, carrying satchels of orders too secret to be transmitted by data pulse. He felt uneasy. The men he was about to fight had once been loyal Imperial soldiers, brother marines and order members. He wondered what had caused them to betray the Emperor. Why had they become traitors? He realised that he might soon be dead, that he might never know. He found that thought almost as disturbing as the prospect of death. More squads of space walls were moved up, positioning tarantula las cannon in the cover of the old houses. Land speed scouts raced towards the horizon. Marnock jacked the Titan's sensors up to maximum, trying to ignore the fear that churned in his gut as he probed for some sign of the enemy. The horizon remained empty, even to the far-seeing eyes of the Fortunata. Come on, he heard Tal muttering. Then suddenly the enemy was there. They had come over the curve of the planet, thousands of small blips in the sensorium of the Titan. My God, he heard Warden mutter. There are dozens of them. It took a moment to register that he was talking about enemy Titans. Marnock looked up and saw endless lines of them rise over the horizon. Fire at will, Marnock said. The traitors advanced confidently on the doomed position. There you go. An oldie but a goldie. This is, uh, this is from Adeptus Titanicus, and it's probably one of the first ever sort of Titan stories. And you can see that compared to the newer stuff, there's a few things that are like off and change, but the core of it is still there. And I've always enjoyed that about the, um, the Titans in 40k. The, uh, the, and, and as well, like with AI and stuff like this, you see it come up all the time of how the sort of the flesh mind competing with the, the AI mind. Now, Titans, obviously, they've got a different kind of mind, but it's still there. You know, it's like this, um, it's not quite AI, but it is. It's like AI that's had the legs cut out from it. So it's not like full independent intelligence, but it almost is. And it seems to grow with the amount of contact in, and linking it has with human minds. And it takes on their characters or even possibly their souls, it being 40k and all the warpy stuff, you know, who knows. But uh, interesting stuff Titans are. Very, very interesting part of the 40k universe and probably one of the more unique parts, I guess. Then again, that that, that kind of thing does appear in other in other. Areas, but definitely 40k has made it its titans, uh, its own thing, and they're quite integral now to like the lore and everything. And they always have been, I guess, but even more so now recently. If you've never read a book, if you want to read a book about titans, I recommend Titanicus by Dan Abner. That's a really good book, and it's it's very clever. Um, I won't give any spoilers, but there's a lot of pretty deep thoughts gone into it. Uh, he's done a really clever book about you know, uh, there's, a, there's some religious aspects to it. Um, linking it to the the heresy and the Mechanicus in general and sort of conflicts within them, uh, theologically, shall we say. But yeah, interesting stuff. Anyway, thank you everybody for uh, supporting the channel. You can see your name scrolling by here. If you'd like to support the channel, you can use the links below in the description and uh, there are different ways you can assist if you want to. But please do give the video a like, subscribe if you're not subscribed, let me know in the comments what you thought and uh, yeah, I'll be back again with more stuff soon. Thanks very much. Ta-ra! Bye-bye.